And this is a special edition of No Vision Internet Radio. Today is Tuesday, March the 30th. We're almost into April Fool's. Yeah, April Fool's is Thursday. Well, folks, uh, thank you so much for your support of the last episode with uh, Captain Judge Sammy Mago that we are broadcasting on Facebook, Twitter, and on our website. And the reason I say this, so next time you want to catch the show, you don't have access to uh, social media, go to our website, which is www.novisioninternetradio.com. And today we have a unique opportunity to have a candidate. Now, folks, let me go on back and give a backdrop on this. Normally, we give you know, candidates that are running for public office and whatnot, and this gentleman is. Because I didn't think about it, dumb dumb, the school boards are they get to have elections. So we're going to start a new series this month because uh, May the first, I believe, or May when is it? When is it, Mr. Benella? May when the elections? Early voting is April nineteenth through April twenty seventh, and then election day is May first. So yeah, so for the month of April, folks, we're going to try to bring you different candidates from EPISD and SISD, and Mr. Benella is our first uh, 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 guest. Uh, first of all, Mr. Brother, thank you for being here. And so we're going to do, Mr. Brother, just give people give a little background on you. Just can you give us like where you're from and what you do and whatnot, okay? All right. Um, sure. I graduated from America's High School in 2003, uh, went off to the Marine Corps, uh, got deployed overseas to Iraq and Afghanistan, and then I got hired for the through the federal government as an agent. And after that, then I they just went ahead and medically retired me because of things that ha- uh, injuries I sustained. And that's it. So I'm retired um, and I'm able to, you know, I have four beautiful kids. I have a wife of 17 years. Um, I have all daughters, all girls. So I'm surrounded by women uh, all day. So I'm, I'm blessed and I'm grateful. And, you know, I just want to get out there and, and serve my community. You know, I just I don't want to stay home, just stagnant and not do anything productive with my life. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm going to be a dad still, but. You know, I still want to help out the community just like I served my country. So I just want to continue to give back. Thank you for your service there, Ms. Bella. Thank you. So what, what, was there like a singular issue? What, what made, because going into politics of any type, any public, public office, there's going to be a, a heightened level of stress. Now, granted, you're a former Marine, so it's really not a big deal for you. But what made you think, you know what, I want to run for school board. Was it like a singular issue or was it just a continuous stuff that you've been seeing? It was it was actually a lot of things that started to uh, transpire, and what I noticed was was it twenty eighteen they took away um, a bus route for a community from the uh, elementary and middle school I believe, and we tried to uh, the community came together. So where I live in the subdivision is a newer uh, subdivision, so there's very well paved roads, sidewalks, and stuff like that. Well, in the older part of Socorro. Um, that's not the case. Uh, they still don't have sidewalks, stuff like that. And you have a lot of grandparents that are taking care of their grandchildren. And there was a particular lady that kind of struck, it struck our hearts, meaning my wife and I, um, she had a couple strokes and she was still having to take her kid pretty much from the church all the way to Sanchez middle school and back where there was, you know, rain, shine, snow, wind. she had to do that. And, you know, she always tried to find a ride, you know, we were as a community, we we're trying to help each other when they took those bus routes away. So at that point, it got to a point where we needed to advocate. And a lot of us, several of us reached out to our, our board member at the time. Well, he's still our board, board member and we didn't get a response via email or phone call. So that was like, okay, well, We'll just bring it to the news since we didn't get any any help from the district. 
And, and mind you, there was that 1.9 miles and on, it, this might sound funny, but there's times where you can hit two miles and there's times where you can hit the 1.9. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have to want to help us with that. Um, they pretty much had to declare this uh, like a hazard area. So the city, we talked to the city and they helped us because of the area that they were in. They got the bus route back, which is fine. You know, a lot of the uh, community where I live is capable of transportation and stuff like that. However, we, we were very concerned for the older part of Socorro. And that was, you know, step one that that started triggering everything. And an advocate started to open our eyes to the special education department in, in, in education. And I have a special needs kid and we started seeing the, the discrepancies, the flaws that were there. And man, is there a dire need to grow in that department? Whether it's just more testing, the updated testing, more funding, more teachers, more special aid, uh, special ed aid uh, teachers. I mean, there's just a lot of support that we need in that department. So it, you know, those those are little things that struck home. Um, the pandemic was another issue. We saw a lot of kids down here uh, that didn't have laptops or, or hotspots, and most of the kids north of the freeway had them. They they still there was some that didn't, but if you look at the numbers, racial. It was a big margin down here, so that was a big concern. You know, I, I just felt that a lot of the community felt underrepresented or not represented at all on the school board. So that's what prompted my wife and I to have that discussion and say, you know what? Well, we if we want change, we need to be the change because as of today, 11 years, nobody's gone up against him. So we need to do that, and we need to be the change. I have a thing on Facebook, Mr. Brother, that I put up. It says no participation, no participation, no progress. And what you're doing, you're participating in the process. <clears throat> so, those who don't don't know and who are watching on Facebook and on Twitter, I am visually impaired. So, the special education. When you said that, it's like the little dog. My ears, my ears, boop, my ears went up. Because um, that's you know, it, kids, young kids, like myself, growing up with a disability and being integrated into the school system. If the system itself is broken i'm sorry to say that the child is going to come out broken now the thing that also you must also include in in, in you know kids with disabilities i hate to just my my opinion folks and mr Badella, i don't like to use special education because for me when did that child go from special education or special needs kids when did they transition to an adult with a disability you know so that's just my soapbox but so let me just ask you, what what can you bring to the table regarding to making uh, those education for kids with disabilities more effective? I mean, so what I've heard has been pretty good regards to other um, districts like EPISD and Isleta. Um So what can you bring to the table to say, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm going to bring this to the table and, and, and make a difference because what do they say? If you do the same thing over and over, it's just insanity. Or you yes. want to, yeah. Yes. So I think that's what's happening. We're doing the same thing, trying to get this different result, but we're not. So what can you do to help uh, kids, especially kids with disabilities? And I say kids, that ranges from all the way to high school. I'm old, so <laughs> and that goes you know, up to high school. Um, so what, what, what can you bring to the table in regards to that? Um, a lot of it is honestly experience. And, and the advocate that opened our eyes had over 35 years or has over 35 years of advocacy experience at, you know, for kids with disabilities or adults with disabilities as well. And 
she opened her eyes and there was a comment that she always said you want to know who your your biggest lawbreaker in your county is you don't have to look too far and she's like mm. i was like what do you mean by that and she's like look at your school districts and and it might be very minuscule meaning like the ieps individualized education program right that the when you fall under the arts and stuff like that so and an art is an admission review and dismissal and it's a consists of a committee and it's the parents teacher uh special education uh teachers stuff like that, that that are involved in that so when you start looking at it you start seeing that it's a lot on the on the teacher to try to meet all those things because he or she does not have they're also teaching the classroom with the general ed and you have the special education teacher so when not every IEP is being met, that's already a violation right there. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you start adding in every day or multiple infractions throughout the day, and I don't blame the teachers or the special education uh, teachers. I actually blame the system itself. And I would wish that our superintendent and our board members, our state and our federal entities, representatives would actually truly see the dire need that we need to help these kids close that gap so that they are more successful in in life you know because a lot of people might just say oh, okay it's it's somebody who's visually impaired you know somebody who has down syndrome no 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 you have kids with who are autistic you have kids who are adhd you know dyslexia you have things of of, of that sort so that's where it comes back to say when you know when they say don't judge a book by its cover and unfortunately, that I see that happening. And <laughs> I want to say something too about that, Ms. Brother. You, you made a good point. So that means you are paying attention. See, people, when you see me walking down the street, I walk with a white cane or a CNI dog or someone that has Down syndrome or someone in the wheelchair that uses a wheelchair. You see it. So your expectation is okay, you know what? This person's blind or this person's what? But when someone has autism or HDHD or, or something you can't see, that's where the problem, I believe, Mr. Brother, that's where the problem lies in regards to education because they may say the teacher may say, if they're, if they're misdiagnosed, may say, oh, they're just a brat or they're not paying attention or they don't want school, they don't want to be you know, part of school until they get those resources they really need. And, I, and I'm glad you said that because it's true. It's, don't judge a book by its cover because you don't know. Exactly. You don't know what's, in, what's internally. Um, let me ask you another question when it comes to... Um, Special education, which I hate to say that, but what 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 do you have in regards to policy? Like, for example, will you make yourself accessible to the to your constituents if they have a problem or uh, they need your assistance? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, and that's that's one of the the things that I'm running on is that I'm retired and I have the time. I have my wife, I have my kids behind me supporting, and we've had those conversations before we decided to run. And I say we because they're also involved in it. You know, they're my support system. And they're like, no, dad, go ahead. No, no, honey, go ahead. You know, because they're, if we needed that help and there was, you know, thank God we found an advocate that was able to help us. But now we need somebody else in the system to advocate for the other kids, for the teachers itself, because even teachers are reaching out and asking for help. And that's where it's like, yes, I, I, I can and I will make myself available. Maybe not that same day. More than likely, I'm willing to say yes, most of the time I will be. 
but within 24 hours, I can almost, um, it's safe to say that we're going to be able to meet within 24 hours. Okay. And so for those who don't know, because I, I didn't know this either. See, people like me need to educate ourselves when it comes to voting within the school districts. You're, you're District 5. So what area does that compose of? So to give you a general area, it's like half of America's high school, uh, about half of East Lake, and all of Socorro High School. Or half, and I'm talking about like boundaries, but those are the three main high schools that pertain to me. So any most feeder pattern schools that fall within within them are going to fall under mine. Most of them, not all of them, but most of them. So for those who are visually impaired, Mr. Vanilla, can you do me a favor, sir? Can you go yes, ahead and just tell how to get in contact with you? Because I know you have a Facebook, you have a Twitter, and an email. And I know it's, 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 it's on a banner on the bottom of the screen, but for, for those who can't see it, can you go ahead and tell the folks, the listeners, how to reach out to you or how to hit your campaign regarding Twitter and Facebook? Yeah, on Facebook, you can reach me at Pablo for Education. On Twitter, it's Pablo for the number four, E. And my email is pablo education at yahoo.com. Okay. So let's go back to the, one of the things that I hear a lot when it comes to city council, and that I guess it kind of par- parallels into city, uh, the school districts, is budget. So how would you, can you address any budget issues that come in front of you uh, regarding to either uh, push it forward or decline it? So what can you say when someone asks that question? You know what? There's things that I honestly see that we have to really look at certain issues. Are those items that are being brought to the agenda items, are they really a necessity or is it more of a want? You know, and there that's where you start nickel and diming little things like that and say, okay, well, this is more of a want. It's not a need because let's say, for example, we don't need this high-tech, fancy rollout, you know, like um, like in the gymnasiums, in the high schools, you know, where the, the seats just roll out. You know, we don't need these desks that roll out that kind of same manner or these chairs that roll out that same manner. You know, we don't need to pay so much. We can just, we can do away, we can get away with just regular desks and regular chairs and invest that other money into, let's say, the, the identified kids. Um you know, other curriculum, maybe there's things like that where you got to really look at it. Do we really need this or is it a want? And I see a lot of things are more of a want than a need because there is a need in other sections of the school system that is like being left behind or not being addressed the way, at least in my opinion, that it should be addressed. But it's not only my opinion, it's opinions and feelings that have They've come to me, whether it be your bus driver, would be teachers, whether it be your custodial worker, your cafeteria worker, things of that sort, you know, monitors, um, the ladies or gentlemen that hold up the stop sign and stuff so that you can cross the street, things of that sort. We need to keep them and, and take care of them because they encompass what makes a child grow. And, you know, because those monitors those cafeteria workers, that that janitor, they build those relationships, that rapport with with students. And so it, it does. It's true what they say. It takes a village to raise a child. It really does. And that's a perfect example of the village raising a child. But we need to take care of the village, not of these wants. Let me ask you this because I know you are you doing door to door right now with the, with the pandemic and all that or not? Yes, yeah, I, I mask up and I mean I, I keep my six feet. I knock on the door, ring the doorbell, 
And what, what, what type of feedback are you getting right now? Um, I, I I like to think that I'm getting good feedback. Um, there, I think a lot of I think the majority of people may it seems like they want change, but I mean, all I can hope for is that they actually go out and vote, and that's what we're gonna see is that they really want change, or or are they okay with what's in place? And and we'll see at the at the ballot. So. What's your vision, Mr. Vanell? Now, granted, folks, I'm going to tell you this. We, I, I don't have structured questions. I didn't give Mr. Vanell the questions ahead of time because <clears throat> I want this conversation to be organic because this is the way I've seen it with all the candidates that we've had. Uh, if you give them structured uh, questions or give them questions and it's structured, <clears throat> they're going to know what to say. But that's why if you notice, I'm kind of going around with Mr. Vanell and you give me good answers. So let me ask you this, Mr. Vanell. When, when it comes to What's your vision, granted, coming from a blind guy, but what's your vision for uh, utopia in the school board when it comes to the, the students and the and your constituents? The the students and the constituents? Yeah, but what's that? What's the what's that? What's that chemistry or that that equation that kind of make everything fit into place? Is it cooperation from the school board, or is it more feedback from parents? Or kids, or the kids. So, what do you what do you expect or want to happen within the school board and the in the school environment to make it better? Because you need it goes both ways. You know, they want yes. you to do something, but we need to do something too. So yes. How, what, what would you say in regards to that? So, I think it's just creating a dialogue with everybody and having that dialogue, whether it be the teacher and the parent, the parent and the teacher, or the students, and you know, depending on their age, obviously, and with the teacher. But I, I also want to be involved, and that's why I I make it a point. To, to say that I'm retired because, and again, I am I want to be able to walk into a classroom, not to see what the teacher's doing, you know, because I can't evaluate a teacher. What I want to do is I want to see what a child needs, what the, what the teacher needs. And that is how I want to help the teacher be able to help the, the student be more successful. But I I know there's a lot of teachers that reach out to the parents and have that dialogue, but I also would like for the teach the parents to be more involved with, with the kids, you know, and I, and I understand, I, I understand, especially right now, it's very difficult, you know, because some, sometimes you got grandma and grandpa taking care of grandkids. You got a single mother having to take care of a child. You got both parents out of the house having to work. There's a lot of families are very dynamic. So we need to be very aware of that. And see how, as a district, we have to be proactive and how we can best have that relationship. So there is that that dialogue and that communication, so that this child does not get um, left behind, you know. And and I think one of the biggest things that I keep hearing is building a better work environment for the teachers. And we don't need to add. We add. So what I keep hearing is that they keep adding more to their plate but they don't remove anything from the plate. And is it, my question to that is, is it truly necessary? Is it truly productive for the teacher and for the student? If it's not, then we need to eliminate it. We don't need to have, I, I guess, I don't know, I call it, we don't need to have busy work just to say we're documenting this or we're documenting that. For I go back to, as being in the military, you need to be involved you need to get in the trenches with your troops. In this case, the troops are the teachers, the students. You need to actually see it firsthand and be involved so that you know what they need. 
And once you once that dialogue, at least that's my that's my that's the way I see it, right? Once I'm able to build that with that with the teachers and the community, that relationship I would hope can bring us stronger together and be that village that we need for all these kids. School board is 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 is, is an arm should be an arm of, of the kids, especially the kids' needs and the teachers' needs, and, and not what the school board wants for you know for itself self serving. And what I've seen of the school board, some of the school board members are pretty good, and but some are kind of like. The city council. You wonder, right? Is it the city council or is it the school board? But the thing is, um, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you a question that that things that people might want to hear, Mister Bennett. What, what makes you different or, or unique from the other candidates that are running for the same uh, position? Well, I mean, there's a lot of variables that make me different. There's a lot of things that make me different. Um, a lot of it, again, is I have the time to to be there. You know, when we talk about identified kids, kids with disabilities, I have the time to attend to those because I ha and I, and it actually hits home. Like I said, um, have a child like that. Um, so, you know, things things of that sort. Um, being involved with the community, that kind of has grown on my heart more and more. And the more I knock on the doors, the more it grows, and the more that drives me to to help them and, and be that change because again they keep telling me we feel forgotten about where are we why why do we keep forgetting about i don't even know who my current board member is things like that and god i mean again it goes back to i know a lot of people are busy with their lives and i get it and i understand that but my messaging again is we got to be proactive we got to be proactive. You know, we got to get to know the community and the community get to know us. Now, once I've made that initial contact, hey, that I opened the door for you, you're more than welcome to come in and, and knock on it and have that conversation with me that we need to have, whether it's an easy conversation or whether it's a difficult conversation. To do that for the best of, uh, of the goal of the school board. <clears throat> First of all, you're listening to No Vision Internet Radio. We're here with Mr. Pablo Pereira. He is a, running for a trustee on the school board of SISD. I always say that wrong, but I said it right the same. Uh, District 5. Uh, so we're coming to the end of our conversation, Mr. Bennett. So what do you want to take people to take away from our conversation to plant that little seed in their head when it comes to election? What What do you want to say to those folks? You know what? I just want to say that the especially the community that has opened up their doors and I've, I've been allowed to talk to them. And even if you haven't not opened the door, when I've knocked, it's okay. I'm still going to be, if I'm elected, I'm still going to be there for you. Like I said earlier, you know, I will, you want to reach out to me, reach out to me. And more than likely, if you want to have that conversation, maybe even right then and there, who knows, you might actually catch me at a, at a good time. And I, Hey, you know what? Let's have this conversation right now. You know, if you want to meet somewhere at the school or whatever, I'm willing to have that with you, whether it be that day or the next day, like I said, and I'm going to be your guys' advocate. And I something that I've always been saying is I don't want to, from my experience, nobody really, other than the advocate, started to give us wings. She gave us knowledge. She gave, she educated us. That's how we became, I guess, more powerful in the sense of we knew how to hold our own. And that's exactly what I want to do for the community. Because if I'm elected, obviously I was already elected for only four years. At minimum, right? Mm -hmm. That's so. That's all I'm gonna have, and I want 
people to take away. I want to empower you. I want to give you knowledge. I want to give you wings. Come and ask me. And if I have the answer, I will give it to you. And if I don't, I will get you the answer, but I will be your advocate no matter what, period. And I mean, there's going to be times where we might, again, we might have those tough conversations, but just know that I'm in your side at the end of the day. At least you're willing to have those conversations when it comes to those tough conversations, because a lot of times they'll say, oh, you know what? Uh, you know, they'll kind of water it down or, or don't want to have it. And so I'm glad you do want to have that participation or that conversation, sorry. So before we leave, Mr. Bidet, can you do me a favor one more time? Go ahead and give out your, your campaign uh, your website. I'm sorry, your um, Facebook and Twitter and your email, please. Yes, my email is Pablo for the number four education at yahoo.com. Facebook is Pablo for the number four, Pablo for education. And that's on Facebook. My Twitter uh, handle is at Pablo for the number four, Pablo for E. Oh, okay, I get it for education. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, because they missed your, your space on Twitter. Uh, so, Mr. Bada, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, you have an open invitation. If you want to come back before the election, if you have updates or you want to cover something we didn't cover, there's a lot. There's a lot from yes. transportation to you know, special education to budget. And we kind of touched a little bit on everything uh, regarding that. And uh, before we go, I have one question. I'm not sure if it's, if it's uh, appropriate for SISD. I've heard of a lot about it on EPISD. So you're going to educate me and maybe some of the listeners. Uh, okay. The charter schools, are they do they have any impact on, on SISD or no? So you asked a great question, and I'm going to be very transparent here because I took my kids. This was part of the process. I took my kids, so my twins, I took them to one year to idea. And I wish, I truly wish that somebody would have educated us. I wish somebody would have knocked on my door because they did those um, stand and deliver and not once. And they did two. They did two. Not once that they ever knocked on my door at all. And they even said, you know, they told one of the principals, hey, well, can you have that conversation? Because we know that they're going to have questions, but we don't have the answers to. So that was my kind of, whoa, they want the teachers to go knock on the doors, but they don't have, they're not informing even their own teachers. And no wonder why they didn't inform me. No wonder why they didn't tell me, no, stay, let's help you. Let's guide you. What's the issues? And I didn't get that. I wish I would have. But you know what? I think it was a blessing in disguise, and I'm going to tell you why. Because we left to a charter school for one year, and I don't mean to be facetious at all, but we were literally able to walk out with our kids alive. That was our family experience. We were able to literally walk out with our kids alive. Wow. And I'm going to elaborate a little bit. We had a teacher that pinched one of my kids. We had My kids were always coming home bruised up. You know, so I'm like, well, we're the adults. So there's no supervision here. There was even instances where they would punish the kids and they wouldn't let them go out during lunch. They would keep them in there. And so they weren't, they weren't able to go out and enjoy recess or that, that activity, you know, get that energy out of the system. So it was things like that. And we started to see things. We started to hear things. And it got to a point where, whoa, 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 whoa. This isn't going good. So we started to speak up. We started to advocate and fight for other kids. And lo and behold, in that, so from when we finished in May to about, for, so from March to May of that year, I want to say that I personally know about 25 families 
that left in that in that time or they were just either going to finish it or they actually finished it right then and there i know in one day in one day there was 11 kids or 11 family members that pulled out their kids so it was 11 kids that got pulled out just like that in one day because of issues like that so yes my recommend and again i'm gonna i'm gonna touch on the the special education department there they they have a special education department but it's not it's not effective and it doesn't it doesn't meet the needs of the kids it really doesn't and that was sad to see and so for me and that was another issue too they didn't even have a board member that was here locally so how i was like how, and i asked so if i need to get a con in contact with my board member how am i going to have that conversation with him or her oh it's because they're in austin or they're in, over here or they're over there so there started to be a lot of red flags and i was like holy smokes there's this this isn't this isn't good this isn't right i don't like it and we even actually got kicked out from volunteering wow they wow. said if, if you want to volunteer you need to let us know what day and what time and we'll let you know and call you back if you're able to come in that day and that time so it's just little things like that that were just red flags so i would caution people and i did a i did a podcast with my my partner Alex Garcia we, on, on his podcast, and we talked about a, a little over an hour about charter schools and my experience. And that's my experience from a charter school. So if you ask me, would I ever go back? No way. And wow. believe I didn't know this. I'm glad I asked that question because I didn't know your experience with charter. Because I just hear charter schools all the time. I was, and you said ideal during our conversations. I'm like, I wonder if that's the same as, like I said, I'm not that educated when it comes to the school environment uh, now. <clears throat> but um well folks you're and i want to add something sure i want to add something i'm sorry i'm sorry i apologize because you asked about budgeting about money so i want to get to that to that answer yes it affects our kids and it affects the public education you know that means less resources less being able to hire less teachers less aids less you know maintenance on the facility stuff like that it impacts our kids it truly does and again I will reiterate that if you ask me for my recommendation to go, I'm going to tell you no. And I'm going to give you my explanation of my, our experience. Cause it's not just mine. It was my kids, my wife, my, it was my family's experience. So I'm going to give you my family's experience of why I would recommend for you not to go at the end of the day, it's your decision, but I would highly encourage you to not go. So, but what that's my experience. Say, what do they say? The best form of 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 uh, cheapest and the best form of advertisement is word of mouth. You yes, know? because they're gonna any kind of school or business or anything, they're gonna give out the big, you know, big, the beautiful picture and this and that. But when you have people like you, like you said, twenty five other parents had the same, you know, having issues with the charter school. So, and I, I didn't want to go there, but hey, that's what you. That's what happens. Folks, you have to understand that. And I'm glad you're saying that, Mr. Bedak, because some people don't have this platform, like what you have as a candidate, to speak on issues like that. Because those issues that we've been talking about, we might may have touched a little here, a little there, but that those issues impact the overall uh, success of your child. Because at the end exactly. of the day, folks, and you know, I bet you agree with this, with this Mr. Bedak, at the end of the day, your child, either with or without disability, when they get when they come out of school, and they become adults, they're going to want to live on their own. They're going to want to get a job. They're going to want to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. They're going to want to have their own apartment. And to get those, you, sometimes, you, you know, 
living on Social Security, you don't, you know, you can't do it. So, you, like myself, you want to work, you know, want to have this, you want to have that. So, education is very, very important. And I, I appreciate you, Mr. Uh, you being an advocate because uh, we need more of those. No, and, and I appreciate it. And, and I mean, I've told people what better way to know how to get kids back into the public school system from a charter school than one who experienced the horrors of it. Hmm. You, have, you have a podcast? Or you yeah, podcast? Oh, I, yeah, I used to be on a podcast, but because I, 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 I stopped doing it because I started campaigning and I started getting into this race. So I, I decided to focus on just solely my uh, campaign. And just focus on that for now, and then we'll go back to it after. Okay. What's the name of your podcast? El Valle Bajo. El Valle Bajo Podcast. Oh, there you go. Just check them out. Is it on Spotify or is it on? It's, it's on YouTube and it's on, yes, on Spotify. Okay, there it's you go, folks. So you can check out Mr. Beda. That's pretty cool. I know that. Uh, yes, sir. So, Mr. Beda, we're going to go ahead and go now. But like I said, um, one last word before we go, sir. No, just, I, you know, get out there and vote. Uh, at the end of the day, just get out there and vote. Let your voice be heard. But, but I do hope that you vote for me and give me that opportunity. The other gentleman has been there for 11 years. I think it's, I know it's time for change and for growth. And I know I can, I have that leadership skills and, and capabilities. So I look forward to meeting with any constituents that want to meet with me and have those conversations. I'm willing to to have them with you guys. And you guys stay safe during this uh, pandemic too. When's the election? Early election is April 19th through April 27th. Election day is May 1st. Can I come quick? I tell you what, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wish you much success, there, Mr. Benel. You're becoming part of the school board. Uh, like I said, you know, at the end of the day, we, we want to do the best for our kids. And uh, so everyone, please look out for him. Can people volunteer for your – is this the same way that – can people volunteer for your campaign? Yeah, they can volunteer, um, you know, Feel free to message me on Facebook, Twitter, or even email me if you want to get get out there and, and help me out. You know, anybody that tries to, I always try to provide water, you know, Gatorades, Powerade, stuff like that. Keep me snacks. Just try to keep them, you know, hydrated because they're helping me out and stuff like that. And I do appreciate those that have um, helped me out. I really do. It means a lot. It really does because this is for you guys, not for me, for you guys. Salute you, sir. Thank you for your service to our country and for your dedication to our community regarding running for candidate, uh, candidate for SISD District 5. And everyone, we'll see you next time. And I don't know when, but we'll see you on the rebound.